so excited for what God has in store today. I'm so excited that you made time to worship with us today, and I am so excited to welcome to this pulpit Brother Manny Hernandez, who's going to be bringing us the word of God today. Would you put your hands together, give God some praise as he comes forward. Good morning. Good, good morning, Impact City. How y'all doing today? I hope y'all are blessed. Um, before we sit down, let's go to, to the word of God real quick in John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. And um, I'll read it real quick. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charges to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground, and they continued to ask him. He stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you speak through us today, this very morning. Heavenly Father, that whatever word is spoken, that it plants a seed in our hearts, God, and that you teach us. You teach us how to live for you, Heavenly Father, each and every day, that we grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, y'all may have a seat. Um, we will continue with our series uh, last week, we learned that, that Jesus redeemed our past, that we are not uh, captives to our past anymore. We are free from our past. So today we're going to go into redeemed in our present, how Jesus redeems our present, how he can redeem us now. So in here, John chapter 8, we see this adulterous woman, and we see the Pharisees bring her to Jesus. And in the law of Moses, for the adultery she had committed, she was supposed to get stoned. She was supposed to get stoned, and then uh, she deserved the punishment for her sin. You know, how many of us deserve punishment for our sins? We may not be adulterers. We may not have committed that big of a sin, but sin is sin no matter what. You know, we're all sinners like this woman. We are, on, we are all in need of a Savior. We are all in need of redemption, and we can only have redemption through Jesus Christ. So we're going to see this story of this woman, and we're going to break it down some. We're going to see how God, not just how Jesus not just redeemed her at that moment, but he can redeem us as well. You know, like I said, we were all sinners. I am, like even Paul wrote, you know, he was a chief sinner amongst us. And I am, I am a big sinner too. I sin every day. Even though I try to live my life right, I still sin. We still fall short. You know, that's why I want to go into... Our first topic, we are in need of redemption. Each and every single one of us is in need of redemption of some way or fashion because we are not perfect. You know, our flesh sometimes takes over and we are not perfect. We aren't perfect with our spouse. We are not perfect with our relationship with God. We are not perfect with the relationship with others as well. So we can jump to Romans 3 verse 21. 
And if I'm going too fast, you can tell me to slow down. I like to talk fast. I like to read fast. And I like to talk with my hands. So, <laughs> so if you're at Romans 3.21, say, I got it. Or you have it on the screen. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, I want to focus on verse 23 real quick. You know, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, how many of us wake up every every morning and, and say we're going to have a perfect day? And know that we're going to have a perfect day. It's impossible. For the scripture tells us, the scripture reveals to us that we are sinners. From the beginning, from the beginning of the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, sin had entered the world. You know, and Romans 3.10 explains to us that no one is righteous. Not even one. We, we as people tend to go after what is good to us and not the good that God has prepared for us. You know, we go to satisfy our own fleshly desires. We go to satisfy whatever we want and not what God wants. You know, Isaiah 64 says that we, all our righteousness is like unclean things. All our righteousness is that of a filthy rag. So no matter what we do, our righteousness will always be of that of a filthy rag because of our sin, of our sin nature that is in us. You know, ever since the fall, we have missed the mark. Ever since Adam and Eve missed the mark, human Humans have missed the mark as well. You know, we, we have missed our mark in standing right before God. We are, we are sinful. We would rather seek our worldly pleasures and our desires more than we want to seek God. Each morning we wake up, what we would rather do, go straight to the coffee maker. At night, we, before we go to bed, we'd rather jump straight to bed instead of read our word or prayer. You know, our flesh desires is to go after what makes us feel good, what makes this flesh feel good instead of what pleases God. And that's, that's human nature. But we can be redeemed from that. You know, how many times have we failed our spouse and our kids? How many times have we failed someone, someone else around us? How many times have we disagreed with our spouses each and every day? How many times have we disagreed with our kids? I have a teenager now and have a preteen. And then I have a six-year-old going on 16. So I have three teenagers in the house. You know, so we disagree all the time, you know, is either they don't do what I ask them to do or they want to do what they want to do. And I'm just stuck being okay with it. You know, so we as people tend not to want to do what God has called us to do. Like our children, they tend not to do what the parents tell them to do. Even though we know what's better for them because we've lived that, we've done that. We still think that we're, we know better than our father. So some of us still think that we know better than our Heavenly Father and do what we decide to do. You know, um, we miss the mark. Our spouses misses the mark sometimes when we get home from a long day of work and we expect something cooked, right? And she burns the rice or the cake, which my wife hasn't burned a cake yet, thank God. And it's amazing cake. So if you ever want a cake, <laughs> you know, my wife makes amazing cakes. I had one yesterday, so... That's why it cakes in my mind right now. You know, so, or, or for husbands, when you barbecue for your wife, how many of y'all have ever burnt a steak? I, I know I've burnt burgers before. I've had shades on. 
cooking under the porch. It was dim, and I burnt the burgers before, so my wife still showed me grace, even though they were burnt burgers, but they were the best burgers we ever had for a while. So, you know, if we miss the march with our spouses and our kids, how much more do we miss the mark with the holy and perfect God? How much more do we miss the mark with the holy and perfect God? Each and every day, either we don't read our word when we should, God puts us in a certain position to speak to somebody about his love and his mercy and his grace, and we don't. You know, we, we are instructed to instruct our children. And how many of us do instruct our children? I know I have fallen short, instructed my children in the way of the Lord. You know, but there's good news. There's good news. Even though we fall short of the glory of God, we have good news. We have hope of redemption. We have hope of redemption for our lives. And we will continue reading in Romans 3, verse 24. It says, And are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Verse 26, it shows to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and to justify the one who has faith in Jesus. And I'll, I'll reread it. And are justified by his grace. So we, we know verse 23, for we all have sinned and for sure the glory of God. 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we have redemption through Christ Jesus. Redemptions of our past sins, of our sins that we commit each and every day, of the sins we commit now, we have redemption through Christ. Because he, he was a propitiation for our sins. He paid the price for our sins that we should have been paying for. You know, I love Romans 5 It says, but God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, not that when we left the sin behind us, not that when we stopped sinning, is that while we are still sinners... He loved us, and he still died for us while we were still sinners. So it, it doesn't mean that you have to be completely perfect, that you have to be perfect when you come to Christ. He loved you when you were still a sinner. He loved me when I was still a sinner, and when I still sinned, that he died for us. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for us on that cross for our sins. It is amazing that I am, I am loved by God. And I know that I'm going to fail and make mistakes, but he's willing to send his son to die on the cross for me. He knew I was going to fail. He knew how many times I was going to fall short of his glory. He knew I wasn't going to be perfect, but he was still willing to send his perfect son to die on the cross for my sins. You know, like the adulterous woman, we should all have paid a punishment for our sin. The adulterous woman was ready to be stoned. That's why they brought her to Jesus. She was ready to be stoned and pay a price for her adultery. What's the punishment that we deserve for the sin that we have committed? You know, Christ didn't have to die on the cross, but he was willing to do the will of the Father. I am left in awe that I was destined for condemnation, but through the love of God, he sent his son to die on the cross for my sins, so I wouldn't have to pay that penalty. You know, Ephesians 2, verse 4 tells us but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved 
But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which, which he loved us, even we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. God loved us so much so that he had mercy on us that he sent his son to die on the cross for us so we could be saved. And it is by grace. It is nothing we can do. It is nothing we can attain. It is by grace, by the grace of God, that we are saved. It doesn't matter how many times you tithe. It doesn't matter how many times you serve. That, has, that, has, that comes after the fact that you are saved by grace. It doesn't matter how much people you preach to. You are saved by grace. There's nothing you can do. It's not any deed you can do. You can give to charity all you want. You can give everything you have to charity, which is good. I'm not saying stop doing all those things. No, keep on doing those things. But it is by grace we are saved. It's not our deeds. It is by the mercy of God and the grace of God that we are saved. And it's, it's only by his grace that we can be saved. It's nothing we could ever do. You know, without his grace, I deserve the punishment that was bestowed on Jesus on that cross. Without God's grace on my life, I deserve that punishment. It was his blood that cleansed me. But because of his grace and his mercy towards me, I was able to find forgiveness for my sins. Even when I was unworthy, when I was undeserving of the grace and mercy, it was still his love that, shone, that showed through that he loved me so much so that he was willing to give up his son for me. That way we could be redeemed, that we could have redemption. No, I am left in awe to see a holy and perfect God be willing to send his son to die on the cross for my sins. When he knew I was going to stray away from him, when he knew I was going to go a different direction in life, that I wasn't going to completely follow him each and every day, that he knew I was going to fail, he was still willing to send his perfect son to die on that cross for me when I was so undeserving. But it was through his love, his grace, and his mercy that I can stand before y'all today and, and be honored to speak this word, you know. Um, and we have been redeemed. So it was through his grace that we are redeemed. And a redeemed life leads to a changed life. A redeemed life leads to a changed life. If we could jump to Ephesians 4.17. It says, now this I say and testify, the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of the heart. They have become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you, were, you have heard about him and were taught in him, and the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. With this passage, we see Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's telling them, hey, this is what you learned from Christ. Put on your new self. Your former self is gone. You are not your old self anymore. Put on Christ and walk like Christ walked. We must be renewed and put on our new self and to start walking in righteousness and holiness that we are commanded to by Christ. You know, we have, we have to live a life for Christ each and every day. It's not easy. 
I'm not going to say it's, you know, once you accept Christ into your life that everything's going to be easy, that you're going to, everything's going to be roses and rainbows. It's not. Each, each and every day we have to fight our fleshly desires. We have to fight the addictions that come and attack us. We have to fight our anxiety that attacks us. We have to fight our depression that comes and attacks us. Each and every day is a struggle. But with Christ, everything is so much easier. With Christ, you are redeemed from all those things. You are saved. All those chains of addictions are broken in your life. With Christ, we can do anything. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 Romans 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifice to God. What is holy and acceptable to God. We must present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, so we can, can't be living like we were before Christ. So that means we can't be living the way we used to live before we came to know Christ. Because a redeemed life is a changed life. You know, people around us who start seeing a change in us. When we are redeemed in our present, we, are, we start changing in our present. The people around us notice little subtle things that we used to do that we stopped doing. You know, when we are redeemed, we have the love of Christ in us and we, sh we show it to other people by the things we do. How are you walking your walk with Christ right now? You know, we can't be doing the same things we've always done and expect to please God. We can't live like the world lives and expect that it pleases God. You know, we are called to be different. We are not called to be like the world. We've been redeemed, and a redeemed life has to be a changed life. But change only happens through Christ. We cannot change by our own will, by our own desires. It is the desires of God that we shall be redeemed. You know, we, we can work to be, towards being better people. But without Christ, you're only going to get so far. Without Christ, you're going to fall short. You know, Jesus told the Joseph woman, you know, when, after the Pharisees had brought her, you know, they were ready to stone her. Jesus was on the floor. Some people started walking away. He rode again, you know, and finally everybody had left. And Jesus asked the Joseph woman, has no one condemned you? And she said, no, Lord. And he said, Neither do I go on and sin no more. And the, the scriptures don't, doesn't say anything else about it. It's, it's all it says to, to us from, from her story, from her life. It says, go on and sin no more. I believe that that woman left changed. I believe that when she left that moment, she knew who she had spoken to. She knew she had an encounter with Jesus. She knew that she, had, she couldn't be the same again. She had a change. So I'm asking you, have you had an encounter with Jesus yet? You know, it is impossible to have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed. It is impossible to have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed. You know, when Jesus enters your life, your anxiety goes away, your depression goes away, your depression becomes joy, your anxiety melts away. 
the chains of addictions are broken in your life. Your family sees something different in you. Your relationship with your spouse, with your kids starts to get better. When you accept Jesus into your life and you have an encounter with him, your life is changed. You know, it is impossible to have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed. It is impossible. If you come and have an encounter with Jesus and you go back home and live the same way you did, I don't, I don't think it was an encounter. It was just an experience of what God has in store for you. When you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes your life. We see Saul, he persecuted the church in Acts. He persecuted the church, and then he was on his road to Damascus, and he heard a voice that saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus the one you're persecuting. And later on, we know that Saul became Paul, and we know he wrote the 13 letters. And he became a great apostle of, of Christ. A lot of the, our New Testament is based on what he wrote to those churches. How can we have an encounter with God and not be changed? We see it time and time again in the, in the Bible where people had an encounter. The example was Paul. He changed drastically. He persecuted the church. How can we not have an encounter with God and not be changed? You know, when, when we have an encounter with Jesus, everything melts away. Our anxiety, our, our family issues become better. You know, if you're struggling with your kids, if you're struggling with your spouse, have an encounter with God and your world will change. We, 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 our last worship song, I didn't, I didn't even know that we we're going to sing it until I was here. And it says, Jesus changes everything. And it is true. Jesus changes everything in your life. And if the worship team wants to come up and we're, I'm going to finish closing. Jesus changes everything in your life. When we have an encounter with Jesus, our life changes. And it changes from the inside out. It changes your heart. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you are. And then it translates to your, to your spouse, to your kids, to the people around you. Jesus changes everything in your life. When we have an encounter with Christ, we will not be the same. We cannot go back to the world and live like we used to live. Because Jesus redeems us in our present. He redeems us in the now. He is not of God that is in a way to your perfect. He's going to come meet you where you are right now. And says, come to me. Come to me. Jesus redeems us in our present. Having an encounter with Jesus would change your life. We want to see life change in our spouses, in our kids. It starts with you. If I want to see the life of my kids change, it starts with me. I need to have that encounter with Jesus to where it changes my life radically. Where I'm not the same. The only way that we can see life change in our families, in us, is to have an encounter with Jesus and know that through him, through his love, through his mercy, through his grace, we are saved through his grace. It was a gift from God and it was nothing I ever did to merit it. I never earned it. It was a gift from God. Even when I was unworthy, even when I was still a sinner, he still loved me. 
and he still loves you. He loves you so much so he sent his son to die on that cross for you. You know, there's a, there's a, a song um, by William Branch and it's in Christology in layman terms. And the song is, it was love. It's called, it was love. And in that song, he says, it was love that made him, it was love that made him bleed and cling to a tree. It was love that nailed him on, on the shape of a lowercase t. It was love. It was love for you and for me that nailed him up on that cross. It was love for us. It was nothing you could ever do to earn salvation. It was nothing we could ever do to merit it, to merit his grace, to merit, to merit his mercy. It was because he loved us so much so that he did it willingly. They gave it to us as a gift through faith. We are redeemed in our present church. We are redeemed in the now. Come to Christ and we can be redeemed in the now. And we can have an encounter with Jesus and our lives will be changed. We've seen it time and time again. We see people like Paul. We see people like Peter. He was a fisherman. He had an encounter with Jesus. We see the life of Peter. He followed Jesus. And at the crucifixion, he ran away from God. He denied him three times. Yet after Christ's resurrection, he had an encounter with Jesus again. And Peter, if we know the book of Acts, he gave the first sermon that we, that we know as of, of the church. Imagine that. Someone denied Christ so much so, but God pursued him. Jesus pursued him and he's pursuing you right now. You know, how many of us have denied Christ sometimes amongst our friends by coming to church on Sundays and then during the weekdays or on the weekend, right before Sunday, we go live our lives like we used to. A redeemed life is a changed life. A redeemed life is a changed life. And if we could all close our eyes. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. And if anybody wants to give their life to Christ here at Impact City, Impact City, we, we believe we're a family and we do this together. You know, if, if you feel a tug in your heart and you want to give your life to Christ, today's the day to do it. The word of God says, today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. We don't have to wait till our, our life is in shambles. We don't have to wait till everything starts crumbling around us to give our life to Christ. And you can repeat after me. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you are Jesus, the son of God that died on the cross for my sins that we may be forgiven from our sins through you, Jesus. And I accept you as Lord and Savior and King of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, accept, accepting Jesus Christ into your life is just the start 
of having an encounter with God. Each and every day, we should desire to have an encounter with God so we can live a changed life. So we can live a redeemed life in Christ.